morning. Are we okay? Uh, it's, it's good to be in God's house. Amen? It's good to come together as a body. When some are going through things, we can comfort one another. We need each other, yeah? And uh, I'm thankful for the body of Christ. I thank you for the people around me, the people around us. And uh, let's get around one another in our time of need. Amen? Um, I'm here to share this morning. It's Offering Sunday. And I've just got this simple question for you. And it's this, what is it you want? What is it you want? What do you want? I remember growing up as a, as, as a kid and um, I got to a certain age and, you know, around about high school, 12, 13, and people would start to say to me, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, I just want to play with me with a beauty set. If you don't know what one of those is, Google it. They're amazing. They'll change your life. A proper Sabutio set. Not the new ones, the old ones. Or a train set. I just want to play with my train set. You know, a proper train set. What do you want to do? People used to say, what do you want? What do you want to do with your life? And I'd think, I don't know. I'm just happy as I am. And I'm not thinking that far ahead. But, you know, some people do. They know at a young age what they want and what they want to do. Um, Becky, she's not here today, she knew, they had up the youth, Becky and Rob, she knew at a young age she wanted to be a doctor. I was not like that. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going through life and hopefully one day as I, on this journey, I'll discover something and they'll find things that I'm not good at, which you do, and then you find something you're better at and you start to find that place and fit out of your personality and your gift, and you think, this is where I'm made. This is how I'm made. But when you're young, people say to you, what do you want to do with your life? And it's like, I can't even think about that. Does anybody else like that? But I want to ask you this question today, because I think it's important, especially as we go forward as a church, because what is it you, what is it you want? What is it do we want? What do we want as a church? Because what we want as a church and what we begin to walk towards, that's what we'll become as a church. If we don't want that as a church, we won't become the church we're saying. If we're saying we're arising and building and we're putting things on and nobody takes part, then we won't become what we want. Does that make sense? But it comes down to this question, what do you want? And in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 4 to 5, it says, The king said to me, so this is to Nehemiah. Nehemiah wanted to see the walls of Jerusalem built up. He wanted to see God's people at peace and not, uh, not the enemy not taking over them. They wanted to be in a safe place and know God's peace. And he was distraught because they were in disgrace. Here's a thought for somebody this morning. You know, walls that are incomplete don't need to arise and build. Only broken walls need to be built up. Amen? So only broken walls need to be built up. People that are complete, you don't need to be built up. You, you've got it all. You know it all. Broken walls need to be rebuilt. Amen? Is there any broken people in the room? Anybody on the journey of finding your place and finding God? And broken walls need to be rebuilt. These were broken walls that Nehemiah wanted to be built. It says, the king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to God, the God of heaven, and I answered the king. 
If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my fathers are buried, so that I can rebuild it. Nehemiah knew what he wanted. And I'm here to ask you this question this morning. What is it you want? Do you want to seek God? Do you want to discover God? Do you want to know God? Do you want a successful job? Do you want money? Do you want riches? Do you want a happy life? Or what is it? What do you want? Nehemiah knew what he wanted. And the king said to him, what is it you want? What's the king saying to you this morning? What is it you want? Do you know what you want? And then this is what the king does. The king gives him a blank check. What do you want, Nehemiah? You can have whatever you want, Nehemiah. You tell me what you want. I'm offering you a blank check. Does anybody want a blank check this morning? Do you want a blank check this morning? Some of you parents are going, there's no way I'd give my kids a blank check. Some of you going, I want a blank check. I've seen that dress in the window. Sorry, not window. On the internet nowadays. Right? I've seen what I want. I've seen that new car. I've seen that new house. I know where I want. I know what I want. I know where I want to get to. And God's saying, well, I'm going to give you a blank check. Does anybody want a blank check? I know you're thinking, it's not a, that's going to get me all this money and what I want. No, it's not. But you can get to a place where he can give you a blank check. Can you be trusted with a blank check? That's the question. Can God trust you with a blank check? Does anybody want a blank check? I'm not sure now. I'm not sure if God can trust me. God wants to offer you a blank check like Nehemiah. What is it you want? What do you want with your life? What do you desire? Nehemiah knew what he wanted. And he said, I want all this stuff. Right? And we'll look at that in a minute. And the king gave it him. He gave him a blank check, and then he wrote the blank check. Does anybody want a blank check? Not a blankety-blank checkbook and pen, a blank check. Am I making sense? It comes back to the question, what do you want? So how do we get a blank check? How do we get one? Probably checks aren't the best thing to use these days because we don't use them very often, do we? We tend to use credit cards and, you know, phones to pay with things. But back in the day, right, we used blank checks, okay? Does anybody not know what a check is? Does anybody look at me blank this morning, right? Okay, we know what a check is, right? So God offers Nehemiah or the king offers Nehemiah a blank check, So how do we get ourselves in a position that God would give us a blank check? Do you want a blank check? Does anybody want God's provision? Does anybody want God's protection? Does anybody want God's permission to fulfill what God wants you to do? So anybody want a blank check? You know, I can't be trusted. Does anybody want to be trusted with a blank check? Some people do. You'd be stupid not to want to have a blank check unless you weren't trustable with a blank check. But I believe God wants to entrust us with things in his kingdom. 
and offer us a blank check. Now we can get to that place of administering what God gives us in and through us. So how do we get to that place of having a blank check? The first thing is this. We have to prepare our hearts. Our hearts have to be ready, prepared for the blank check. Nehemiah, blank check, was not for himself. Nehemiah's check was to build walls for people who were in disgrace. Nehemiah's heart was crying out for the destitute. Nehemiah's heart was crying out for the broken. Nehemiah's heart was crying out for those in pain. Nehemiah's heart was not for himself. Nehemiah's heart was ready for a blank check. We have to prepare our hearts before God to be open, to be sensitive, to be real, transparent, so God can work in and then through us. Do you want a blank check? Are we prepared to pray for the lost? Are we prepared to go for the lost? Are we prepared to forgive our neighbor? Are we prepared to forgive those who trespass against us? Are we prepared to administer grace when we don't feel graceful and we've been disgraced? Are we ready for God to work in and through us? Is our heart being prepared for God's kingdom to come in and through us? We can pray the prayers, but are we applying the truths and the principles of God to work in and through us? Are you with me? Nehemiah prepared his heart and then he gets a blank check. Do you want a blank check? Does anybody want a blank check? Come on, there's a blank check available. God's saying, I want to pour out my riches. I want to pour out my kingdom in and through you. Do you want it as a blank check? Woo! All of my riches are available to you. Do you want a blank check? Nehemiah prepared his heart. He went in prayer and fasting. He sought God because he heard the cry of his people. And he says, God Almighty, the great God, you, kept, you, you keep covenants with our people. Forgive us of our sin. He cried out to God and he wanted God. He was preparing his heart. So he was prepared to be ministered in and through for God's people. We have to prepare our hearts. A few points here for your heart when you think about Money is one tool we can use, but there are other tools that we can administer. Our gift, our talent, our time, all of these things. We're not just talking money. Money is just one tool that we use. You know, when you ask for something, is it a need when you ask for it? You pray to God, God of heaven. It's a need that we need when we ask for it. Or when we ask for it, is it a greed that we're asking for it? Only you know that in your heart. I don't. Only God knows if you're being greedy and selfish or is it a need that you need and God promises to give us all of and supply for all of our needs. So God, I'm asking for this in my life. I'm asking it for someone else. Or is it a need? Is it a greed? Or is it a seed? Come on, I want some seeds. Come on, anybody want some seeds? Well, if you've got a seed mindset, you'll have some blank checks. Do you see what I'm saying? And we're all on a journey to go from addressing our needs, dealing with our greeds, and becoming a seed. You get that? 
We're on a journey of growing up from being a consumer. Remember when I, if you were here last week, I said when babies are born, they don't come out and say, hi, I'm here to help. They don't say that. They come and they consume. But the journey is to go from, I'm a baby I need, to a baby growing up and saying, hi, I'm here to help. I'm a seed. I've I, I got a need. Yeah, God will help us in our need. I've got a greed that I need to deal with and bring under discipline. But now I want to become a seed. Nehemiah became a seed. A seed for the future of the church, the Israelites, to be, to be safe and secure, okay? Are you still with me this morning? So we have to prepare our hearts. We have to cultivate our hearts. Now, Jesus forgives us and he loves us and we're made right. But for order to God work in us, we have to cultivate a lifestyle, cultivate a heart, cultivate our souls so the holiness of God begins to permeate in and through us. We're made holy by faith, but the, the, the soul has to be changed as we journey on this journey. We become more gentle. We become more kind. God begins to work in us. His seed is there but the seed needs to go down and it begins to grow and produce a fruit. So we're cultivating a heart and a life where we're caring and loving one another. That's the seed that's there that's germinating and needs to grow in each one of us. So prepare our hearts is the first thing if we're going to have a blank check. You still want a blank check? You might be saying, I don't want to prepare my heart. In other words, we're moving from selfishness to love. Love is not envious, is it? It's not self-seeking. It looks out for others. That's what love is. That's the journey we're on. Oh, life's not about me. No, God loves me and he loves me and he'll look after me, but I'm here for others now. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to bring you a blank check. He didn't say, come and give me a check and pay me. He said, I'm bringing the check. I'm bringing the money. I'm paying the price. I'll pay the offering. I'm going to come and pay this offering. You've been trying paying for years and it doesn't work. I'll bring the check and I'll put your name on the check and I'll pay for your sin and I'll set you free. Prepare your heart. Allow Jesus into your heart. Receive his love and his grace. The next thing we need to do if we want a blank check is we need to put, put your hands to good work. Put your hands to good work. You can't say, I want a blank check, but I'm not prepared to work hard. Because how are you going to, if you get that resource, if, if Nehemiah got what he needed, so all of the wood he needed from the king's forest, I mean, he's cheeky. Can I go to Asaph and get to the king's forest and get some wood? Yeah, I give you permission. Go and get as much wood as you want from the king's forest. But he had to do something with that wood. He had to work hard. He had to steward what he'd been given. So you as an individual, you've been given a gift. You've been given a talent. You've been given time. You've been given friendships. You've been given a home. You've been given the body of Christ. And you have to steward that with your hard work, your commitment, your devotion. You still want a blank check. If we prepare our hearts and we're willing to roll up our sleeves, I think one version says in Nehemiah, they rolled up their sleeves. We need some sleeve rollers. Are there any sleeve rollers in the house? You're looking for a blank check, man. But if we're not to roll up, prepared to look, roll up our sleeves, not that I've got much this morning. Do you like my pink shirt, by the way? Grace isn't, Grace isn't in, right? I've had lots of comments this morning about my pink shirt. 
I got up this morning, I walked down the stairs, Grace looked at me and she went, pink. I said, what's wrong with pink? She said, it's baby pink. I said, it's all right, I'm here to help. <laughs> but here's the deal. We need some sleeve rollers. You need, some, you need to get to the grind. You need to be, give thanks for what God's given you. You need to do your shift, get up in the morning. You need to go and build your walls. You need to go and paint your walls. You need to deal with the, the, the people that are sick in hospital. You need to work hard. You need to sow and invest in order to reap. If you don't sow and invest with God, what God's given you, how can you get a blank check when you're not working for it? And God's saying, I want you to be faithful with what you've been given. I want you to prepare your heart to help people and love people, but also you're going to have to put your hand to the good work. And then you get a blank check. Nehemiah wasn't getting the wood for the doors for himself, so his house looked good. We have enough of those people ringing up. Does anybody get people ringing up for windows? Windows, we've got a new deal. We've got the, the, we're saving the environment now. We're going to knock you 50% off. And they come around and it's twice as much as it is on the bloke on the street, corner on the street. It's like they're always after Here's the deal. God wants us. God wants us to use what he's given us. Nehemiah was not after a new window system for his house. He was simply after fulfilling the purposes of God. He was into seeing God's plans and purposes fulfilled. God's people that are in distress safe in his kingdom. And God's given you something to administer. He's given you a gift. He's, he wants you to go on a journey of finding that gift and administering that gift so that you find your place in this world and you can help people and love people. And that might be in your home when you're looking after your kids. It might be when you become a doctor, a surgeon or whatever, a lawyer. But he's given you something to go on a journey and discover and administer. And as you do that and you work hard, you will become more and more rich, not just with money, but in, you, in who you are in purpose and adding value into this world. And that's what God wants you to do is go on a journey of discovering that. It's not about money, but money will come. Let's see what it says to Solomon, another person who God gives a blank check to. It says in 1 Kings 3, verses 5 to 8, At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God says, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. That's a blank check. It's a blank check. God gives blank checks. Why does he give him a blank check? Because he knows what he'll ask for. He knows his heart isn't for himself. So God gives blank checks for people whose hearts aren't for themselves. Are you hearing this? And he says, ask for whatever you want. And then Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. And you have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David. But I am only a little child, and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people. You have chosen a great people, too numerous to the count or number. So give your servant, this is what he's asking for, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? And then it says, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life, 
for wealth for yourself, nor of us for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice. In other words, wisdom. Wisdom to administer for people, to love people, to care for people. Solomon's heart was not for himself. Now, was he perfect? No. Did he mess up? Yes. But just like David, David's heart was like God's heart. David wanted to love people. That's what God wanted to do. God loved David. Even when he sinned, God loved him. God's love is everlasting. David messed up. But his heart was not for himself. His heart was for God and God's people. So we've got to prepare our hearts and we've got to put our hands to good work. Is that okay? It's pretty common sense, really, isn't it? If we don't work, we won't get anything. But if you sow in yourself and invest in yourself, then other people get to benefit. The kids around you will benefit. You know, you ask a farmer, if he doesn't sow seed, he doesn't get a harvest. Simple. Would you agree, John? If he doesn't get up in all weather and sow, he's not going to get a harvest. But if he sows and he sows and he sows in all types of weather and pushes through, he's going to get a harvest. Amen? Amen. So if you work and work, even when you think you've been knocked back so many times, get back up, arise and build and invest in you and keep going until you find what it is you're here to do. Keep going, keep going, and eventually you'll produce and find a harvest. You'll find worth and value, not just in yourself, but what you can give to others in this world. So put your hand to good work. Roll up them sleeves. It says the people, the people put their hands to good work. You know, the people always wanted to do that. But they were waiting for somebody to do it. And the next point is this. This is a little bit, hopefully this will help to expand your mind a little bit. Because... I've been up the hospital a little bit this week. We've, we've had some bad news. And when you sit in hospital, you think a lot. You wait in waiting rooms and you sit and you think. And, you know, and I just sat there and looked at all the doctors working hard. And I thought to myself, wow, if you put your mind to it, your heart and your mind to it, you can do whatever you want. Do you, do you, do you get that? If I really want to do it and I work hard, I can do whatever I want to do. Would you agree? And then, you know the phrase, it says, the world's your oyster. What a funny phrase that is. I think it was Shakespeare that said it. The world's your oyster. I can work hard. I can produce. I can create. I can be successful. I can learn some wisdom in the world. And I can get all these things. And the the world is my oyster. And I sat in the hospital. I thought, what a funny phrase. And then this phrase came to me. Why settle for the oyster? When you can have the ocean. Why settle for the oyster when you can have the ocean? And, you know, there's not a problem with the oyster. The oyster produces amazing pearls, does it not? Am I talking to myself this morning? I'm not an, I'm not an oyster specialist. I don't like to taste them, but they do produce pearls, do they not? And you know, in this world, we can learn some wisdom, we can discover what it is to be successful, work hard, achieve, and all of those things, and we can apply the right principles, and we can gain wisdom, but there's so much more than what this world offers. There's so much more than success in this world, and the world may be your oyster, but there's so much more in the ocean. 
And I want to encourage you, don't settle for the oyster. The oyster's fine. Work hard. Be in this world. But don't settle for this world. The devil's tempting. The devil tempts us to be happy with what the world offers. But there's so much more in God and than what God offers. So don't you settle for your oyster. Don't you settle for what this world's offering you. Because, as Shakespeare says, not everything that glitters is gold. The world will offer us things and we think, oh, this is really good and I'm popular and I'm doing well in the job and all of this. But that's, that's, that's just limited to an oyster. Why settle for the oyster when you can have a blank check? Why settle for the oyster when you can have the ocean? And the ocean's way bigger than the oyster. Does anybody want a blank check? What do you want? And my last point is this. You know, when Solomon dreams that dream, it's a dream. God came to him in a dream. The dream the question, what do you want? And we can all dream. We can all have ideas. We can all have passions. We can have desires with what we want to see and what we're believing for and have vision. But then it says, Solomon awoke and he realized it was a dream. It was not yet a reality. It was simply a dream. Nehemiah had a dream for the walls to be built. He had vision that he wanted, but it was only vision and it was only a dream. Solomon woke from the dream, then he has to do something with what God has promised him. James says, faith without works is dead. You can have a dream to be a doctor, but if you don't go to college and university and work hard, it won't become a reality. If you want a blank check, you've got to begin to put your dream, make it into a reality. God's given you a blank check. You can do it, but you're going to have to work hard and put that dream into action. We can dream about this church growing. We can dream about people being saved. We can dream about, you know, salvation and and the gift. We can dream about it. We can cry for it, but we have to do something. We have to go and tell people about it. We have to go and shout about the good news. We have to pray for people. We have to wait for God to give us the wisdom, the words of knowledge for people to administer through us. Otherwise, it's a dream. And that can be a bit scary because we think, I'm all right in my oyster. I'm quite happy with my wisdom. I'm quite happy to know God how I know him. And I think I know him. And I'm happy with that. God's like, there's so much more to me you can discover. What I love about Nehemiah, when he prays to God, he says this, Almighty, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, the almighty God, the Al Shaddai, who's way bigger than the, than the oyster, is as big as the ocean. His mercy is as big as the ocean. His grace is as big as the ocean. His love is as big as the ocean. His kindness is as big as the ocean. His forgiveness is as big as the ocean. Woo! This is the God that we have. It says, don't settle for the oyster. Come into the ocean. Let me administer my gifts through you. Prepare your heart. Be prepared to put your hand to good works and watch what the almighty God can do in and through you.
What do you want? Do you want a blank check? Do you want to see the church grow? Are we prepared to be blank checks? Are we prepared to be trusted with blank checks so that God could administer his love, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness in and through us? And it's a journey. It's a dream. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul writes, you know, what he dreams of what the church would be like where everybody's in unity and everybody's loving each other. And then we come to church and it's like walking through brambles at time when people fall like If you get on a team, it is. It, you're walking through brambles at time. And you're like, it's that person speaking to me like, why, it's like, why do I have to come here? It's easy to stay at home in the oyster. And God says, I'm pulling you out the oyster so I can pull love out of you and forgiveness out of you and mercy out of you and grace out of you. And it's the church that grows you. It's the church that almost feels like you're in the oyster, but the gems are coming out of it so that when you go into the world, you can take God's goodness out there and administer it like Solomon did with his wisdom. God is almighty. He's big as the ocean. Why settle for the oyster when we can have the ocean? I don't know about you, but I want the ocean. I want to see God's goodness more and more in and through me. What do you want? Do you want a blank check? It's your choice. If you're prepared to offer what God has given you, he'll work in and through you. He will. You know, I, this is, I'll finish with this story. You know, I, I don't like to share about things that are, you know, personally given to me because it's not, a, it's not about me. But last year, at the beginning of last year, I, I put some things on my prayer list. What do you want? And we, the year before, sorry, we had one car and I'm happy with one car. We've had one car for 15, 12 years and we've taken it in turns for the car. But I felt at the beginning of the year that we needed another car and I thought, well, God, we need another car. I'll pray that prayer. It's a need. I'm not being greedy. I'll be happy with a small car. God, give us a small car. So I prayed for a car. About after a month, I thought, this isn't happening. I need to put my hand to good work. I need to save, and I'll take responsibility. So I said to Sarah, let's put £50 a month up for the next 12 months, and we'll buy a car for £600. Is that right? Is that the right maths? I'm happy with a £600 car. We'll do that. I put the first 50 pound up, somebody rang me up. And they said, hi, I'm just ringing, we're having a new car, would you, you like our car? Oh, that's a coincidence. Because I put it on my list, but I was prepared to put my hand to good work. And I said, that's very kind of you, that's brilliant, yeah, we love the car. Told Sarah, great. The next day, somebody else rang me up. Hi, we're having a new car. Um, would you like our car? It's three years old and it's, it was newer than the one the day before. I wasn't, you know, I was happy with the one the day before. <laughs> I really was. We were happy. It was about probably the same as we were saving up. I was happy. But the next day, this was like almost a brand new car. We were like, yeah, we'll have a car. I was thinking, Sarah, are we supposed to be opening a car garage or what? <laughs> what what's, what's happening? There's a, there's a car. So I had to ring the people from the day before and say, thank you for the offer. But we've been offered another one, and, and that's greedy for me to have two cars and go and sell that one. That wouldn't be right. You give that and do what, you know, do that. But we received a car. And I, I want to tell this story because of the way these people allow God to work in and through them like a blank check. It's not about me. 
They were making themselves available, okay? And this is what they said to us when they gave us a car. This is your car. You do with this car whatever you want. You can sell it tomorrow and you can go on holiday. We, it's yours now. We, we, there's no str- they didn't say this, but there was no strings attached with this car. That's what love does. That's a seed that's investing with an unconditional love that has freedom in it that then empowers that person. Within the month, Sarah's mum was seriously ill and we needed two cars. It's God's provision. God knew what was coming and I knew I had to get my hand out and get a car. But why do I tell you that story? Because someone was making themselves available as, an, as a blank check that God was using to administer in and through. And when we make ourselves available like that, God uses you to administer into his kingdom. That seed of faith changed my life that God answers prayer and answers our needs. It changed the way I see. I thought, wow, we can do things when God answers and when people are willing as a people, we can do anything. But it takes people to say, yeah, I'll be a seed. I'll sow the seed. I'll invest the seed. Does that make sense? So thank you for people's generosity and God's generosity. So what are we going to do with this money? We're going to take an offering in a minute. And I want to encourage you to be like a blank check. Be a person that God uses and you're available to administer in and through. I'm going to show you some things on the screen. You you saw some of these last week. So have we got the, the boxes up that we put up? So we're going to look at building one another, building builders, building community and building mission. So volunteering, 21-day fast, refresh, is all about investing in one another. We're going to be doing so, Ben's going to be doing something called Creative Nights. We need more creativity in the church, okay? And Ben's looking for volunteers for that. Go and support Ben in this, right? Go along with an open heart, with a blank check to say, I'm here to help, what can I do? And then we're also doing some building work, And then we talked about last week, African New Life Ministries and a trip in 2019. But I just want to focus on this building work. Have we got the image of the building? So if you can see that image, there's the cafe on the right. And then there's an outdoor play area. We all get that? So that box there is the outdoor play area. And then there's a wall. What we want to do to create more space, right, for kids... And a multi-purpose room. Cafe Kids is bulging. It needs more space. We want to make a soundproof room here. So we've got the next picture. So that wall will be knocked down. The cafe will be extended. And there'll be windows out the back with possibly a veranda there. And we also, due to if we, if we have a busy night, 300 people, the toilets struggle. So we need more toilets. Toilets are good, eh? So this is just, I believe, preparing the building for the future. That's what it's about. But like I say, what do we want? Do we want that? It says on there, proposed. That's all it is. It's a dream. Do we want to make it a reality? And that's going to take open check people. It's going to take people whose hearts are in this. God's not after our money. He's after our hearts. He's looking for people who are willing to say, yeah, I'm in. I I I want to see this church and the future of this church carry on. Amen? So at the moment, that's a proposal. And um, on a rough guess... Just to do the building work, you're talking £40,000. So that's how much that would cost. Okay? So that gives you an idea of where we'd like to invest some money this year. Does that make sense? And that would be from the back. So there'd be a nice window there and 
Yeah, so you can chill out and you can still see the back and that wall will be knocked down that needs to go. Okay, so that's just one area where we want to see on building work. And you've seen this morning all the different things that are happening. We've got Ben on staff where your money is going. Okay, so are we ready to take an offering? I was going to drink me thing then. You know, before we take an offering, I like to use these examples that Paul uses to the Corinthians when talking about giving. When we give, we give freely. There's not the pressure on me to try and get you to give money. It's about your heart and you choosing. You're empowered to choose what you want to give. Another bit of guidance for giving, don't give reluctantly. Ooh, I've got to give. <laughs> I'll give, but I don't want to. Right? That's not what God wants. God wants your heart to find freedom in this. It empowered to choose freely, not reluctantly, but cheerfully. Woo! I'm investing in God's kingdom. Thank you, God, that you've given me the resource to steward and to give into your kingdom. And the last one is I'm giving, but am I being generous? Am I generous out of the generosity of what God's given me? So, are we ready to receive an offering? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for your love that's everlasting like the ocean. And I thank you that we can swim in that ocean and we can eh, discover your love your grace and your mercy. And we thank you that you are a generous God and there's no limitations on you. So Father, I pray for each of us that we would not be limited by this world. We would not be limited by our own thoughts, but we would see you as a limitless God who does not limit his love or his mercy or his forgiveness, but he's poured it out through his precious son. And Father, I pray as we come today to receive this offering that, Lord, we know you're pleased with us because you love us. But we want to see your kingdom come. We want to facilitate that and steward it as a body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.